just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. What's happening guys? It's time for another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your favourite tutor, Ian Dawson Mackay. Next Level Guy is a go-to men's interview, interest and improvement website where I quiz the experts to find out the hacks, tips, methods and protocols that you can implement in your own life to take it to the next level and live happier, healthier, wealthier, sexier and so much more. Today's guest is Josh Tyler. Josh is a co-founder of the phenomenal Savage Gentleman website, whose goal is to be a source of inspiration and guidance for the modern male and offer high-quality goods to accommodate both the Savage and the Gentleman. Josh heads up the business development and creative side. As a professional fighter and outdoorsman, Josh falls more on the Savage side but can still be a Gentleman if need be. Although he's much more comfortable applying his craft in the cage than wearing a suit, he still appreciates a nice glass of scotch and the value of a well-kempt beard. In his spare time, you can find Josh training at his local gym, practicing his survival skills in the wild, or simply enjoying some downtime with his wife and kids. In this interview, we discuss his story, Savage Gentleman, the internal conflict gone inside every man, masculinity, fatherhood, product development, and how to balance your own Savage and Gentleman side to succeed in life, among many other things. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, you ran Savage Gentleman, which is an awesome site. Your podcast has got some amazing guests, but for these guys who maybe don't know who you are, could you just give a quick intro? You know, like imagine you're in a lift and you have to give somebody the 30-second overview. Sure, of yeah. Um, so my name is Josh Tyler. I fancy myself uh, perhaps the world's most okayest MMA fighter. A, an, an amateur, uh, no, I'd say semi-professional adventurer, I, I, a novice entrepreneur, a habitual overthinker, um, and and I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just a guy, honestly, you know, it, we live in a world where, where people are constantly trying to get up on this pedestal, and, you, you know, and in this, this look at me, look at me, and I understand that there's 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 a usefulness to that um but at the same time you can you can really very easily run run down that rabbit hole and and kind of lose touch with actually being a person and enjoying your life because you're trying to craft this you know extraordinary thing for the sake of crafting an extraordinary thing whereas i don't know for me i want to do fantastic things i want to do amazing radical really badass stuff um, but, but, but for my own enjoyment, not necessarily to say, Hey, cool. Look at all this rad stuff that I've done. Um, so, you know, I, I have done some cool things. You know, I've, I've had a, you know, career as a professional MMA fighter. Um, I've gone out and done some pretty cool survival wilderness things. I was on a television show for that. Um, and, and man, I get to hang out with a lot of really cool people, which, you know, some some might be envious of, of that as well, but for me, it's just looking for opportunities to to push myself um, to see what I can do, and if I can't do something, find ways to make myself better. Uh, that's a really roundabout way of describing someone, and I don't know. That's a pretty long elevator ride, I suppose. 
to get all that accomplished. No, I, I really, really love that. It's very similar to how I started. I know what you mean about people putting others on pedestals. Because when I started, you know, everybody was trying to be the expert. And I was like, that's not me. Sure. I'm just a regular guy who wanted to improve. Yeah. And that's why I was so chuffed when I seen how you'd set your stuff up, how you'd set your life up. I mean, you live in an awesome life and you're doing so many cool things. But, you know, I, was, I love the approach of the, the, you know, that there was, yeah, we're savage on a gentleman. Sorry, that's my pop-ups coming up. Yep. Um, but can you tell me a little bit about how you got into this? Like, what made you decide, okay, enough is enough. I want to start getting better. But what made you then create your own podcast? Yeah, it, you know, it was an interesting evolution because um, I, I would, I wouldn't really consider myself necessarily an authority on anything in particular, much like what you were saying. I mean, I, I would be, I wouldn't advise anyone to follow me through a buffet line, let alone. Um, <laughs> formulate, you know, major life decisions on, you know, what I say or, or what I do, you know, and try to model their lives after mine. Um, however, I, I do think that I've been fortunate to go through and experience a lot of things um, and put them in a perspective that, that some people may find useful. Um, and, and so that was kind of the impetus of coming up with, with this podcast. You know, we were we were looking at trying to find a way just to really just discuss um, th- different ideas, you know, to to bring in people that we knew, um, that we had access to, that, that maybe had some insight or perhaps other people might not have access to. Um, and, and, and the podcast was, let's, let's talk about what it means to be both a savage and a gentleman simultaneously and pursue both ends of that spectrum with the ultimate goal of making ourselves into the best version of ourselves as we can because and and that's the kind of the mantra right where for us you don't want to you can't just be a savage and you can't just be a gentleman the the pinnacle of who we are is a combination or the ability to be both um and, and just to continue to develop that that balance and find that balance. So the the concept is that about being a savage and a gentleman, is that something that we have from birth or, you know, how do, can you define what is like a quick overview of what sure. is a savage and what is a gentleman in the well, terms that you're applying? You know, would you see a kid having this kind of, internal conflict is that why some kids are a bit more ruly than yeah a, no, that's a, that's a great kids, question or? so uh, w- one of the things that i've you know really like about what what we've done is this notion of a savage gentleman isn't relegated to my personal josh tyler jet definition right i mean it, it's open to interpretation you know whereas you know ian may may define savagery as one thing versus you know someone else um, but I, I think that, that we do have, you know, some inherent traits and that varies from person to person. I mean, there, there are just individuals who are predisposed from birth to different activities or different tendencies, um, different interests, that sort of thing. You, you have little guys that, you know, from day one want to dig in the dirt and, you know, make a mess and that sort of thing, and then you have other other kids that you know are far more cerebral and analytical, or or perhaps artistic. Um, and then there's whatever 
extrinsic, you know, outside forces that that are going to come into play and and, and direct that. Um, but, but but the idea of you know savagery is, I think that there that we all have this natural competitive desire, um, and I don't care what you say, you could take the most um, you know peaceful nice individual there's still some competitiveness in that you know it just may manifest itself in different ways so for for guys like you and i that's on the mat um or you know in some kind of combat sport which i would contend is probably the purest form of competition is to fist fight someone else uh but but someone else their their competition may may be a fantasy football league you know it may be um you know, tennis, or it could be, you know, a, a video game or a board game, or or it could just be getting in internet battles with people. I mean, yeah, the, the competitive nature is pretty evident when we see people just arguing to complete strangers online. They're trying to prove their point. They want to win, right? We, we have this competitive side I think that that is that is what we can liken to our savage side this this primitive desire to achieve right um, and 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 to push and you know that can be as sophisticated as you know growing a business or it can be as primitive as just trying to to survive in the wild um, so I think I think that that's kind of the notion of Sat, the savage side, right, is taking that, you know, crush everything by any means me- necessary, do what I have to do to to get where I need to go, right? And then the gentleman's side, on the other opposite end of the spectrum, is the, the more, more placated um, ideology of, hey, I need to cooperate with other individuals, I need to adhere to some some standard and, and guideline of society because I understand that if I operate outside of those boundaries, I'm not going to go as far as I, as I could, you know, it, so, so I, I, it kind of borrows a bit from the John Locke natural state, um, you know, and, and what he talks about the state of man or state of nature rather. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, we're, 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 we're pretty primitive beings, you know, but then there's that higher level of, um, refinement and cooperation and sophistication that is the gentleman side, which is where we should probably operate the majority of our time, you know, in, in, in society today. However, if you leave that savage side completely dormant and you have no skill or ability to rise to some occasion, you know, be that a, a, an emergency, um, survival, a fist fight, uh, whatever, Again, you're you're not going to be as successful in life. When you were growing up, um, it, like, did you find you leaned one way or the other? You know, did you have a lot of like male relatives around who kind of produced a set one of one way or the other in you, or you know, do we all bounce between the two? Can there ever be somebody that's just one side or the other, or are they always working in conflict with one another? I mean, I, I think you absolutely can be one way or the other, um, but but what I, at least from my personal experience um, and from, from others that I've encountered, what typically happens is if you live completely in one side or the other, be it savage or gentleman, 
you go through life and you eventually hit a brick wall where you stop progressing. You can only go so far as an absolute savage or an absolute gentleman. And if you if you're incapable of tapping into the other side, um, then then you're, then you're kind of you know stymied in that spot. Um, and so for me, for myself as a kid, you know, I kind of bounced bounce between both. I mean, I think my influences were, were far more on the savage side, you know, just very, very much, you know, hardworking, traditional masculine traits, um, that sort of thing. And I was actually a bit of the black sheep in the family where, um, while I did enjoy sports and, and being outdoors and all these, you know, things, I also very much enjoyed, um, you know, art and music and creativity and all this on the other side, which was kind of foreign. And, and you know, looking back, I'm sure it, 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 it probably befuddled my my father quite a bit growing up. And he's like, I mean, I don't know where this kid came from, you know. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and now, you know, I think he's very much proud of the man that I've become, you know, and, and he'll still he'll still scoff at some of my, you know, music selections or you know taste in and even even like culinary things he's like i can't believe you would be into eating something like that and it's like i mean it it tastes good like you know i I don't know i don't know what to tell you you know and and so i i realized um you know just in my own that man i i i don't care just just because there's stuff that my dad wants that did and values that I value, but it's okay that, that we value different things. Um, and, and, and I was able to embrace that. One of the things going back to what, um, what I had said before with the, the kind of the anecdotal of you can't be one way or the other or else, you know, things start to get a little bit weird. It was the realization in my fighting career that I had spent so much time in the savage. I had forgotten that I had this whole gentleman side about me, um, that I had been neglecting, you know, everything was in pursuit of this fighting career. And I completely neglected that I, that I actually like to be creative and make things and, and, and do stuff along those lines. And it wasn't until I started actually, um, working for, for a company and editing videos that that created, that kind of scratched that creative itch. And I realized, oh yeah, this is what I was missing. And, and I felt much more fulfilled at that point. Because you kind of, you almost get a railroaded, don't you, into certain areas of like that's the way the family do it, or the father oh, kind yeah. of says to the son, yep. "Oh no, no, yeah, you, I don't have any son of mine dancing or this kind of stuff." <laughs> you know, I think that's a um, plot for Billy Elliot from what I remember. Sure. But I mean, my dad was very much the kind of you know he was there when you needed him kind of thing but he didn't do any emotional stuff he was not quite yeah. sure like he would phone you right. or facetime you well he still does now and he'd pass me to my mother you know it's like <laughs> he wants to yeah. sit and listen and join in but to him his version of it was sort of standoffish it was very kind of savagery you know it was kind of we yeah. did the lifting stuff we worked sheep and all that kind of stuff but we never we wouldn't be able to sit down and discuss things because he would be a bit kind of, oh, no, how do I do this? You know, so it's kind of strange that into it is like how we're kind of moved into jobs depending on the kind of characteristics we show. Whereas we're not, you know, we don't really get time to really understand who we are as a person before society says, no, you've got to work for the rest of your life. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it is kind of unfortunate, you know, that, that and, and I think that that is where a lot of the problems we as men often face is we find ourselves 
in a place that we really isn't necessary that we're not really suited for or maybe we were at the time but the person that we have grown into no longer fits in that box anymore and yet but now we've invested 10 15 20 years into a career that you know is no longer in fulfilling because we have grown and now our interests and our desires have have changed and i think that that that, that, that can be really unfortunate because we feel stuck, right? It's now, you know, we, we become what we do. You know, who we are is tied into our profession. And this was something that I struggled with myself with, with fighting, which, by the way, you know, talking about the, the, the family business and that sort of thing, like my family business, my, my dad, my grandfather, my brother, um, it, is tied to construction and road building and operating heavy equipment. And growing up doing that, I realized, yeah, that's that's not for me. Like, you know, I I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. There was some enjoyment in it, but I was like, I, I need to chart a different path. And that path for me was pursuing this fight career, um, which then I realized at a certain point, hey. I'm not going to be able to do this for the rest of my life. And while I enjoyed every second of it and wouldn't change anything, I realized, hey, I'm going to have to do something different because I won't be able to compete indefinitely. And if you know much about you know the, the fighting profession, unless you're in the upper upper echelon, it, there's not a lot of um, you know long-term financial stability mm, more in that profession. More and dollars. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you. So, you know, so that, so I realized like, man, I'm going to have to kind of shift and move. And fortunately I, I was, the things fell into place, um, in order for me to do that. And that, that wasn't just, you know, pure happenstance. That was obviously my own, my own work and my own creativity to, to make that happen. But I would be remiss to say if I did it all on my own, you know, I had a lot of, circumstances and things fall into place to help me make that transition you know um i i think it's a little bit of a little bit of both right you do have to have some opportunity but you also have to be poised to um take advantage of that so so that's kind of what led me down this path and and got me to where now with savage gentlemen i'm able to fulfill both sides you know i can i can go out and i can do the savage things i need to i can train in those and, and build that up because it obviously that fits with the company culture and then at the same time i can do gentleman things and simply running a business on you know in of itself is is more on that gentleman side you know um it's an area that i'm still learning and trying to grow in and figure out and try not to make too many grievous mistakes in. Um, but it gives me an opportunity to, to really tap into either side at will. You know, I can, I can do both. If I feel like I'm going too far in one direction, I can tighten, you know, I can right the ship and, and go back in the other pretty much from day to day. I mean, that's why I loved your Instagram when I found it. You know, one minute you're talking about survival skills and you were showing you're fighting in the cage and you're bloodied up and, you know, like, I think you're in the middle of, like, throwing a back elbow and the next photo it was on about um, a tea party that you're having with your kids. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the, ki- that's the kind of guy that I love meeting. It's the kind of one who, you know, your kids ask for a tea party, they get a tea party, but you don't ever give up who you are because you know you know who you are but you can be both extremes and you're completely confident in each of the roles 
can you remember the moment that you really wanted to change? You know, was there a one event or was it just a general nagging that you just thought it was the universe telling you, no, you need a change? You know, what kind of motivated you to start this transition to, you know, kind of evolving the gentleman side of you? It was, it was the, uh, probably when I realized we were pregnant with, um, with our daughter. So she's our first child. She's four and a half now. And now we've got a little guy. When, when I found out we were, I was going to have a little one, all of a sudden (laughs) the perspective changed a little bit where it's like fighting isn't super stable. It's not super reliable In, in terms of a career choice, man, it's not that incredibly, incredibly lucrative. And in any moment, the whole thing could go up in smoke, given an injury or, or whatever. And so I realized okay, I need to do something different. And that's what set me on the path to find some other modality of work um, to which I, I came across a company called ReadyMan. Um, and they were in conjunction with another company called Black Rifle Coffee that some of the listeners may have heard of as well. They're pretty um, pretty popular coffee company here stateside. I met up with those guys, saw some of the things that they were doing and I was like, hey, I don't know what I can contribute, but I'd like to help because you guys are onto something here. And so that led me to editing videos. And it was the the satisfaction of making and creating something that, that, that clicked the light bulb that like, oh, wow, I have neglected this side of myself for so long that I didn't even realize that it was missing. You know, and now that I can pinpoint that, I, I you know, I can see where why I might have been struggling, you know, in the past and why I was having issues, you know, and, and kind of down and didn't find ways. It's because I was neglecting, you know, a, a side of myself, an important side of myself um, for, you know, you know, 10, 10 or 12 years. I had just gone completely dormant. Um, I think for most men, it's the inverse. They spent so much time in the gentleman um, and haven't, tapped into their savage side i mean the, the 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 conclusion is the same the feeling i think is the same where, where we have everything we should want we should be happy we should be satisfied with our lives because we have you know the the wife the kids the car the job all those things and yet somehow something is missing for me it was the creative side but i think for most men it's the savage side that they have neglected for whatever reason um and that they need to need to pursue to fill in that void where whatever that might be well for that was definitely me um, i can still remember kind of needing more so i went and got a job yep. in a big city and i thought no i still need more so i've been doing the blog wasn't really enjoying it and then i found i quite enjoyed speaking to people so i thought okay i'll start a podcast uh-huh. and then eventually i think that took care of my sort of gentleman side but then i needed something more and I eventually started uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu and yep. that that was a click. I needed something physical, but I needed something mental. You know, it's like I think I read somewhere about you saying you create your own products and it helps you scratch your creative itch. You know, yep. but you also do this, and that's very much like me because when I look at your like Instagram, listen to you on the podcast, you lead that kind of life that I think me and a lot of guys aspire to be. It's that kind of you have that. You seem to have that perfect balance. Yeah, you know, I mean, do you think this is where a lot of guys are struggling? Is they're so addicted to technology that they've got so out of whack they they're scared to leave their comfort zone and change and transform? 
Or... I, I think so. No, I, I think you're you're absolutely right with that. I mean, I think, and that and that's just our inherent human nature um, and and fear of failure. You know, no, very few of us are willing to step out of that comfort zone and attempt something that we may not be amazing at right off the bat. Um, and so that's why I commend anyone that steps into a gym, um, you know, having no no background in the sport to do something like BJJ or MMA or boxing or judo or wrestling or whatever, something like that, because um you know, failure is, is, is generally a huge blow to our egos as men, especially something, something, you know, as it pertains to fighting, right? We, we all, whether it's true or not, like to believe we're far more capable at defending ourselves than we probably are, you know, myself included, you know what I mean? I, I probably, I mean, even, even as a professional and with as much experience, I, I'm sure there are times where I, overinflate my actual ability, which is why it's important to then go and, and make sure that I've got a realistic view. It's like, okay, if I start, you know, if I haven't been to the gym in a while, I may not have an accurate viewpoint of where I stand. Um, and the good thing about going in and getting, stepping on the mat is you, you are reminded, you instantly, you get instant feedback. Of, of what you what you can do and what you can't do and that's what I love about that but I think for a lot of men you know our our, our egos won't allow us um, to to reveal these these I mean some people would look at them as, as weaknesses but they're not it's like it's not a weakness to not be good at something you've never actually put any time into you know it's like man I I can't fault a guy for not being you know a division one wrestler if he hasn't if he wasn't a division one wrestler you know what i mean if he hadn't spent a decade crafting that skill and so but we have this this expectation that we should just be inherently good at certain things um and i think that prevents us one that prevents us from going out and doing the things and then and then i think the second thing is just simply not not knowing where to start you know, for, for the person who's never spent time outdoors, the prospect of going up and, and, you know, spending a weekend in the woods with nothing but, you know, a knife and the clothes on your back is a terrifying and, and arguably dangerous proposition, you know? Mm. Um, so, they, so they're like, well, that's what I want. I'd love to be that super outdoorsy survival guy, but I don't know the first thing. It's like, well, okay, then you know, that's your destination, but that's not, you don't just jump into the ocean. If you don't know how to swim, you gotta, you gotta get some requisite skills and start off slow. It's the same thing with BJJ. You're not going to show up day one and get thrown into the cage with a, with a, you know, elite level UFC fighter, right? You're, <laughs> they're going to teach don't. you some things. I mean, hopefully not. I mean, um, if the, it's a responsible gym owner, they won't do that. <laughs> um, and so that's where, you know, with, with Savage Gentlemen, I mean, that's one of the things that we wanted to be able to do is help guys figure out how to get started. Like, I, I, I don't claim to have the solutions to everyone and, and what they need to do. But what I, what I can do is, at least with my own experience or the experience of the people that I know, at least give some information for people that, that want to pursue something in that realm, be it savage or gentleman, you know, and whatever that may be, whether it's you want to get into motorcycles or whether you want to get into, um, 
you know, cooking or art or, you know, fist fighting or whatever that is. It's like, you know, I want to build my circle with, with, with guys that are, that are pretty knowledgeable in that field so that other people can have it, but also just for my own, like <laughs> for my own personal thing. Cause, cause I want to be able to learn from those guys as well. A hundred percent. I agree. I was like nodding along the whole way because I only feel alive after, you know, like two hours of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. But I feel the same when I've done an amazing podcast or got somebody signed up who you know, is like a dream guest. And it's that kind of moment of, it's, it, it's sad to say, but it's life-changing, but you can't force somebody to do jiu-jitsu or MMA or something like that. They've actually got to come along to really understand it, to put themselves to the moment. But it's like you've said, is the ego will not allow people. Most people, they all say, are most guys will always believe they could get the girl or win a fight who have yep. never actually been in it and two minutes into a jiu-jitsu class and you've got a girl throwing you around who's like <laughs> a quarter your size and you think okay i mean it i was big so i was like quite muscular anyway so i, I could at least control it to a point but sure i wasn't using technique i was using a lot of strength and you then have to sort of sh- shut off this strength go into the technique and it really shows you how how much we're dominated by our egos like i really yes. struggled i looked at every role against somebody as a a mass win situation and the way i yep. still do i looked at every time i was not as good as the small guy who could barrel and bowl better than me i was like okay i'm not going to look at that or i'll make an excuse for it and it really works on your character and develops you in that kind of way I mean, in one of your awesome blog posts, you mentioned about your like your development and that kind of skill, where you said you moved away, you know, somewhere new, and it sort of shortened the learning curve. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that the first step for guys? You know, do they have to do something big like that? Oh, uh, man, uh, where would guys go? You know, like how could we start this journey? You know, hey. if you've got somebody listening who's going, yeah, this is me. I really want to do this, but how do they? I don't. I hate these kind of phrases like sack up and that, but because it took me a long time to go for jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. So here, here's the way I look at it for me personally, and and this will hopefully apply to to more be be more universally applicable, right? Because you know, I I I can't I can't say that. For everyone, jujitsu is the answer, or that you know, moving moving to a new town and starting fresh is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the really, if you distill it all down, the answer is stepping out of that comfort zone and and finding a way to challenge yourself. Um, and the only way you can do that is to kind of remove the the attachment to. The, what you define the, yourself as, maybe or? what you define yourself and and the outcome of what it is you're doing, right? And that that is the hard part because you know we again we we really much we we think we are what we do, and so you know in the case of jujitsu, all of a sudden like our value becomes der- derivative of our performance and how good of a if you're a jujitsu guy. You know what I mean? Now all of a sudden there's this expectation. Well, everybody knows me as jujitsu guy. So if I show up, I better be pretty damn good at jujitsu or else what are people going to think? Um, and 
the one the one simple truth that I've realized that's helped me out a lot is that nobody cares. Like we all think that everyone is is thinking and, and spending all this mental energy of thinking about us and what we do and what we look like and how we act. Um, but the reality is we're we as creatures are far too self-focused to really put that much energy into what anyone else in the world. Listen, there's 7 billion people in the world. You know, statistically speaking, you know, to the, to the, you know, to that number, nobody even knows that you exist. So to, to put all this value of, you know, on your performance of like, oh man, I have to do this perfect or I have to succeed and be, be awesome at this new thing or else I don't want to do it. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous because again, there's, there's billions of people that have no idea what happened and what you did in, in jujitsu class or whatever it is that you're trying, you know what I mean? So it's an understanding and the ability to kind of let go of, of some of those expectations and not, not necessarily doing something for the end result. Um, you know, doing jujitsu because I want to be good at jujitsu. That's a byproduct. I'm doing jujitsu because I want to challenge myself because I know that's where I'm going to grow. I need to find things that are not inherently easy for me. Now, this isn't this isn't what you want to do for your career path necessarily. But in terms of like seeking fulfillment, it's like I need to find things that aren't, you know, that, that maybe don't come natural, but I have some interest in for whatever reason, but they are challenging and I really have to work for and I have to earn. Um, I, I think that's what's important. And so for me, the, the moving away from home that in and of itself was the challenge because all my family, everything that I've ever known has pretty much been in, in this one small town. You know, the, the challenge for me was to let go of that, venture out to a completely new and different place um, and, and, and try and make my way and navigate without all of these, um, I mean, I wouldn't say crutches, but like, the, the safety net, you know, I, I essentially had to cut the safety net um, in order for me personally to progress. And I think for some people that, yeah, they absolutely should do that and that's the right path. For others, that may not be the road, you know, what they need, just like jujitsu might not be the road for them. It may be mountain biking. It may be CrossFit. I mean, it could be any number of physical things. You know, I, I, you and I, obviously, we're, we're pretty... Um, you know, we're pretty particular to the, the grappling arts, but, you know, I, I can't say that that's right for everyone, but the point of it is challenging yourself. Yeah, because it's, it's like you said, you know, you just need to do something. It's like in your blog post where you said about, you know, creating a fire. You need that spark. You need that ignition. And whatever you choose, you know, it can create that fire, which, like, you know, burns that kind of passion in you to go and keep you know keep improving keep evolving but how do we learn humility how do we make sure we're not being controlled by the ego is it a simply a case of if it's making you feel really uneasy it's good for you you know because that's something i still see with guys who've been training for six seven years more than me like i've only been there for just over a year and some of these guys are it's like they define their masculinity, you know, sure. if they're a guy, a good guy or not, by what they can do in a role. And it's like you said, yep. there's seven billion people on the planet. 
Well, no, and, and, and yeah, yeah hardly, not, hardly your family care what you've done. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like even my wife doesn't care. You know how how well I performed. You know in a in a particular training session. You know what I mean? Like I could come home and say, "Oh, babe, I submitted this guy and that guy and this guy," and she's like, "Oh, that's nice." Or I could come home and say, "Oh man, I got crushed today," and she's like, "Oh, that's too bad." Nobody cares. Like it doesn't matter. You know. Um, and and if you're focused on that, just as a side note to these, um, you know, gym gym class warriors or heroes or whatever you want to call them. It's like, if, if, if that's the way you're approaching your training, I'll flat out tell you, you're never going to get any better. Um, if you're not in this, this kind of applies to life. If you're not willing to open up and make mistakes in training, then, and, and, and particular and possibly get caught, get submitted by your training partners. If you're not getting tapped in class, if you're not failing at all at anything that you do, you're never going to be, get beyond, where you are right now. You will never progress. There has to be, you, you have to overreach. You have to make yourself vulnerable. You have to put yourself in bad spots so that you can learn and improve. That's, you know, th- that's true for jujitsu. And I think that that's in some degree true, true in life. Granted, we have to guard ourselves a little bit to where it's like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drain my life savings into this thing. And if it fails, well, now I'm up shit Creek without a paddle. You know I mean? We have to use some discretion, but you know, this idea of finding things that make us uneasy or uncomfortable, at least for me, that's, that's kind of been my guidepost. You know, if there's ever been the question of, should I do this or should I not do it? I kind of base it on how, how much do I not want to do it? You know, and if it's, if there is this like, oh man, I'm really uncomfortable. I super don't want to do this thing. That's usually when I, when the, the notion or, or the, the nod that I need to say, oh, you absolutely need to do this. I don't want to do it, but that voice that's, that, that's trying to hold me back. I've learned to recognize that that's the voice I need to, that if I can turn that off and learn to you know, drown it out or overcome it or whatever. That's usually where good things have happened. Um, you know, and, and that's a hard thing to do, but I've recognized that like, you know, this isn't, it's not self preservation. That's different. You know, Oh, should I jump into this, you know, body of water with swirling with, with sharks? The voice that's telling you don't do that is, is self preservation. Um, should I step on stage and deliver this speech, you know, in front of these people, the voice that says, don't do that. That's self-preservation of our ego. Um, and there's a difference and we need to learn to recognize the two. Um, and, and, you know, ego is an, an interesting thing. Um, Jack Donovan and I had a, had a really cool discussion about this while he was in town. Um, and, you know, Fantastic I, some buddies podcast, have, that one. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. Like, great interview. Awesome guy. Um, and, and you know, this is something that I've, I've spoken with um, with some of my other friends and colleagues about ego. And, you know, we, we kind of have created this notion of that, that ego inherently is bad and we should kill our ego and destroy and, and completely remove our ego altogether. And I don't think that that's the right thing either. Um, someone put it I like the way someone put it, and I can't remember who to attribute to, so I apologize. But they said, 
you're, it's okay to have your ego in the car, um, or to bring your ego with you, just keep it in the trunk. Um, you know, which is to say, don't let your ego in the driver's seat or maybe in the passenger seat. But if you had no ego at whatsoever, you would never try anything. You know, the, the ego is what's there that, that gives us the belief that we can do something more than what we're currently doing. If there was no ego, you know, there would be no athletics, there would be no world records being set. You know, people wouldn't start a business because they wouldn't have the audacity to even believe they could succeed. You know, and so it's like, well, if we know we're going to fail, we definitely won't try. So you have to have that ego in there uh, in so much that you believe in yourself to try things. Um, but you can't you can't give it the wheel either. It's, again, finding that balance. So, you know, that's one of those subjects that I think we we kind of misconstrue. Um, and, and with most things, we like to put it in a nice little cookie cutter um idea of ego you know we like to have these little catchphrases kill your ego and then that's as far as we explore that idea for most of us because it's simple it's easy to swallow um and unfortunately that's kind of the the world that we live in today right but it's you know i would encourage people to think a little bit more deeply on some of these very seemingly simple ideologies that we like to just kick around i love that because it's it's I get that when um, I interview a lot of people is yeah just go do it and you're thinking well that's easy for a guy who's really confident who's you know like making millions and all this kind of stuff it's difficult for a guy who's sitting who's really not sure how to you know they want more from life but they're not even sure how to start their mates would right. make their family are going don't be so silly that's not you you're not com- sure. you're not good enough and there's all I always say to people is. It doesn't matter. There's a verbal tap. There's a kind of a universal tap out for everything. You know, like we can yeah. tap out in a, a, a combat role, but you mm-hmm. can tap out. You can learn the guitar and tap out and get, you know, oh, no, I don't want to go on stage. Or you can make a, a, a muck up and then you can, no one will remember in about a week's time. It'll be <laughs> on to something else. Sure. You know, well, I, I well, I just wanted to touch on something you said there because I think I think it's incredibly important to to maintain some perspective, right? So when you see this, you know, this 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 mogul, this entrepreneur, this insanely successful guy, and and he stands up there and he tells everyone, he's like, "Don't like your job, quit it and pursue your dream." And it's like, yes, but you know, what I mean, there's there's a lot of steps in there, and so it's like that. That little nugget, you know, that maybe I I take a picture of a dude, you know, standing in front of his jet and I put that quote on the caption on the bottom and make a really cool meme out of. And it's like, there may be some truth there, but it's like, that's not particularly helpful to anyone. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, yes, if you don't like your job, then it would be great to just say, you know, hand in your two weeks notice and then go start the job of your dreams. But it doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? That there's, there's a lot of steps from, from that, from that point A to point B. And, and so, you know, these, these guys that just toss out some of these generic nuggets while they make really cool, you know, motivational posters, it's really hard to get anything useful out of that. And so it's like, okay, yeah, you're working a shit job because that's what you have to do to get by. And we've all been there. We've all done that. Um, now what you need to start doing is find ways to, you know, make money 
doing other things or maybe not even make find ways to do other things that make you happy. Step one. Step two is then, okay, now that I've found something that makes me happy, now I want to get really good at that thing. And this is going to come at, at a cost, right? You're going to have to dedicate time and energy and you'll have to, and you won't, won't be able to sacrifice obviously your work hours and what you're doing to make a living. But, you know, I, I, I feel confident that we could all carve out, you know, five, 10, 20, maybe 30 minutes a day to dedicate to some craft or some thing, right? And so now I dedicate that amount of time for X amount of months or years to become really proficient at it. Now I can start to think about making, you know, making some supplementary income off of that thing. You know, that's the idea of the side hustle, right? Where it's like, okay, now I've got this thing on the side that I really enjoy. Yeah, I'm doing this other thing to pay the bills, but this is where my heart and my passion is. And now I can work to grow that. And, and if you're good at it and you're creative and a little bit of luck, now you can shift the scales in that balance where you can let go of the shit job and actually grab a hold of the thing that you want to do. You know what I mean? But it kind of has to be within reach. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to plummet in the dark. You know, I'm, I'm not climbing, climbing this ladder and then just launch out into the, you know, pitch black and hope I can grab a hold of something on my way down. Like I wouldn't advise that. And there's probably dudes that have made that work for them and hats off to them. But I, man, <laughs> I don't, I don't recommend that. It's like, Hey, I at least want to be able to shine a flashlight on the next thing I'm going to reach out and grab to. If that analogy makes any kind of sense. I mean, that's where the concept of next level guy came from was you were just, you know, oh, pick up the guitar. I want to learn the chords. Well, that's the next level. Oh, I want to learn to play a song. <laughs> next level. And you could go on to the level of go, I want to play in a band. I want to go off and become a multimillionaire superstar rock star. That's mm -hmm. fine. But some people only want to go to a certain level. But sure. every book I read was find your passion, give up your job. And I was thinking, because you never hear about the guys who go into debt, lose right. their partners. It's always amazing how all these books, every single person who does it has their life transformed. And you're thinking, mm, that's not going to work. Like, well, if I, it was that easy, you know, everyone would be, you know, these multimillionaire, entrepreneur, super successful guys, right? There'd be a dime a dozen. If, if it were if it were in fact that easy and so I, I love that idea of this next level progression right where you know you 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 evaluate where you are and you you set a goal and then you figure out you know each step of the way and and, and I like the idea of having somewhat of a realistic expectation of where you're going you know and that and that goalpost may move I mean for me with with fighting, I mean, I started fighting simply as a way to fill the void once my collegiate wrestling career was over. It was like, hey, man, I've been doing this for a long time. It's something I enjoy. I'm done wrestling. Like my, I'm, I'm done wrestling in college. Um, I'm not good enough to go on and compete at the Olympic level. So what do I do? And my buddy's like, hey, man, this is, you know, former teammate, another wrestler was like, hey, I've been doing this uh, MMA thing. And it's been pretty cool. I've really enjoyed it. I think you'd like it too. And then instantly, like day one, fell in love with it. It's like, man, this is awesome. And was just doing it for the sheer enjoyment. You know, I didn't walk in saying, I'm going to become a professional fighter. 
It was, hey, this is cool. I really like it. And so I trained and, you know, got better. And I was like, man, this is cool. I need to do this more often. And then I went, you know, and found out some of the guys were fighting, watched some of their fights. And I'm like, man, that'd be really cool someday to actually take an amateur fight and, and see, just see how well I would do, you know. And so as I got better and more confident and more competent in that, that became a more realistic goal you know that became something within reach and i told my coach i was like hey you know i i'd like to actually compete and give this a shot okay here's what you need to do so you know six months later i got my first fight went incredibly well i was like and that was great we let's do more of that you know and then after a handful of amateur fights now the prospect of turning pro became you know much more within reach and reasonable you know, and, and then so on and so forth. And now here I am, right? And now I'm doing something completely different that has virtually nothing to do with fighting. And that day, but but fighting is what led me to this point, right? But the day that I decided, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go see what this, you know, MMA thing is about. The day, you know, that, that day where I stepped into the gym 10 years ago, I had no idea what that was going to turn into. It was hey, this seems interesting, I'm going to try it, I'm going to dedicate myself to it to do the best I can at it, and we'll see where it goes. You know, and that's, I think that's a much more realistic um, approach to things. And over the course of that, I also realized some things that I didn't want to do. When I started my training, it was very apparent to me that, um, that becoming a Muay Thai kickboxer wasn't going to be for me. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I... That I, you know, trying to pursue that is is going to be an exercise in futility. I'm not that doesn't play to my strengths. So while I will train it, that's not going to be my objective. You know, because I could have gone that route. I could have started training Muay Thai, and it's like, you know what, I'm going to be a Muay Thai world champion. But at five foot seven, you know, at 165, 170 pounds, uh, I don't really quite have the build to execute that. You know, so I decided to go a different route that was more that I was more, you know, gifted and talented and more capable and more likely to succeed in. So that, I think that's another part of it as well. It's like, hey, dude, man, if you, you know, I'm, maybe I really like basketball, but the prospect of me playing in the NBA, again, with my physical attributes is pretty much a non-start, you know? Okay, now seems like a perfect time for a quick interruption. My apologies. I hope you're enjoying this interview as much as I did while I was doing it. I just wanted to give you a quick note on my affiliate schemes I've currently got going. I've set up some awesome deals with some amazing companies. If you go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates, that's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates, or click on the affiliates deal in the blue ribbon at the top of the website homepage, you can go straight to my affiliate wonderland. There are so many special offers, listener exclusive deals, and discount codes available here. There really is something for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're buying for yourself, a special occasion, a team, you know, a secret Santa of event coming up. There's something here for everybody. There's interesting products there that you might not have seen before. There's companies like Onnit, Amazon, Andes, Barbell Apparel. There's companies that will help you with outdoor equipment, with gadgets, with sporting equipment. Get your dating life better. Get your sex life better. There really is something there for everybody. If you need it, it's there, and stuff you didn't even know you needed, but you'll definitely want is there as well. Simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates and enjoy. 
please note, I don't receive any information on you or what you purchase. I don't receive any information on what you spend or what you purchase. All I receive is a small commission from the business as a thank you for sending you to shop with them using my links. The price you pay is not affected by the commission I receive. I get that separately from the company, so you get the best deals with special offers, discount codes, and listener exclusives. And now we've done that waffle, let's get back to the interview. Hope you enjoy. Well, that could be, you know, like, because this is why I liked your podcast, because yours is like mine, where you pick various components of a person. It's not so much just on building a business or, you know, like, going to the gym and you know we focus on the whole aspect of what makes us human and it's difficult where to see where you you want to be is like you have to be honest with yourself and not let the ego dictate that oh i'm gonna be brilliant everything and go what could i honestly do what do i want to do is just a bit of fun but what do i want to do take it serious what could i make you know like ignite the fire what could i do to make money off and things like that yeah how do we know we're, we're being successful? Because being a good guy or a great man or whatever term you want to use is very ambiguous. You know, people sure. kind of go, you know, well, is that a good guy as in like, he's all right for a chat or is that a great guy that I can be friendly with? Yeah, how, how do you know that you're starting to bring together savage and gentlemen to, into oh, the man. kind of... It's because it's one of those things is I can say a guy listening, you know, pick up the guitar like he's on the next level by getting better and better. But how how do you bring it together in your kind of concept? Because when I seen your podcast originally, I thought, oh, not another podcast. And then I was listening to it and I was like, <laughs> they're onto something. They're really picking, you know, they're, they're making people understand how it is and how they bring it together and create a better person. But... How you know it's not many people could ever answer this. Is like how do we bring, like how do you know people are improving? Is yeah. it an internal feeling? Is it other people notice it? Is it a combination of the two? Do you feel inside that you're answering that calling, or it's a it's a difficult one to kind of even answer to ask the question never well sure <laughs> yeah i mean you're you're asking an age-old question that you know even even some of the greatest thinkers of all time couldn't really define or you know and, and that is what is good you know i mean plato and aristotle and socrates and all these all these you know minds you know the, the definition you know this existential idea of you know the definition of good obviously is a pretty ambiguous term mm -hmm. i think i think for us what we have to do to figure out if we're on the right track or not um is not necessarily trying to adhere to some external guideline of what a good man is or should be i because I, th I think if we're really honest with ourselves and we're, we're being introspective and maybe this is giving giving people far more credit than they deserve i don't know i, I tend to be maybe a little bit optimistic of <laughs> of what we're capable of but but i think you know if we can really truly look at our lives and what we're doing um and and tell it and, and really truly say that hey these are the things that are making me happy um then i think that we're on the right track you know and and, and obviously there's going to be outliers you know if you're looking at like sociopaths and and 
you know, those kind of people, that doesn't really count. This doesn't account for everyone. You know what I mean? It's like, cause what that makes those people happy is not inherently good. Right. But for, for most of us that have a, a pretty decent head on our shoulders, I can tell that I'm making progress by, you know, just how I'm living my life and in the, the joy that I, you know, receive from that. And if, if I'm doing things that are, that aren't making me happy, well, then I need to ask either a, why are they making me unhappy or B, why am I doing them? Um, and, and, and it kind of all comes back to a very, very critical and, and almost harsh, um, examination of ourselves and a lot of us don't really want to do that. We either don't want to take the time or we don't want to recognize the truths. You know what I mean? Because again, it's going to highlight our flaws and, and our failures and our, you know, our, our, our iniquities and, and all these things that we really don't want to, don't want to bring to light if we can help it. Um, but, you know, this, this idea, you know, I, I think in, in, in simpler, more useful terms, you know, I think, we should be looking like, okay, am I doing things that that are making me better on the savage side? Again, however you define that, and whether that's getting your hands dirty, whether that's you know going out, whether that's lifting weights, whether it's something physical, um, whether it's punching people in the face, you know what I mean, or or making something woodworking, building, creating on that side of the you know spectrum. Am I doing something there? And then am I, and then am I also doing something on the gentleman's side? You know, am I taking care of myself um, and my, and my, my appearance? Am I treating other people the way they should be? Um, am I being a productive member of society? Um, am I adding value to those around me? Um, you know, am I, am I learning, you know, and, and, and kind of, cultivating my intelligence that's very much on the gentleman's side and if you can say yes to both of those things you're probably on the right track and then the third point of that triangle is am i happy are those things making me happy and if if the, all of that is generally true then i would say yes you're you're pointing in the right direction and and let's be honest none of us are going to have it perfectly balanced perfectly figured out and just you know every day is this you know, blossoming ray of sunshine of rainbows and, and candy and happiness, right? Like that's not the world we live in. But if we're looking at, you know, we know the difference between when we're happy and when we're depressed or when we're down. Like I, I would like to think that that's a pretty common human experience. We've all been there to some degree or other, and we can pretty clearly define what state we're in. But if the majority of the time you're, you're, you're happy with where your life is, then it's a, yeah, you're in the right track. If you're not there, you need to find the things that, that maybe you're not there the majority of the time, you only experience that in small increments. Well, then you need to start taking notice, like when are those times that I'm feeling the way I want to feel? And then how do I replicate that? How can I do that more frequently? And that's really the best that we can hope. I mean, like I said, I, I, it's foolish to think that we will be 100% happy all the time, right? But if I can get the balance to where it's like, man, 90% of the time, I'm, I'm in a pretty good mood and I'm, I'm happy about my decisions and my life as it stands and where I'm going and, you know, what's on the horizon. That's another thing, too, is like if you look to the future, does it make you excited or does it fill you with dread? 
If you look to the future and you're filled with dread, you're on the wrong path. If you look to the future and you're excited, you're you're probably doing things right. It's probably. I mean, I guess that's the best way I could summarize it. That was an amazing answer. It it really sums up sorry, how I f- I feel like a, a bits of it as well. It's like I will say to people is like it's not a life or death situation. You know, you can start something, you don't like it, you move away, but if it makes yep. you happy, do it. You know, if you want to paint, paint. But if you you know, if you think, Oh, somebody might buy it, maybe it'll just be enough to get you a, a cup of tea or something like that, you know, or some uh, your mom buys your painting or something like that. But it, it's what you give out and how you make people feel and stuff like that and I think that's the beauty of this kind of thing is that we have these podcasts now where people can actually listen who would maybe not have somebody to speak to like an outlet to mm-hmm. to find out why they're there and would maybe hit the drink and the drugs and you know or would just n- go to their deathbed with a lot of regrets and now we've got the chance that people can you know, as they're on the bus or walk out, can sit and listen to this kind of stuff. So how do you make sure then that we pass this on to the next generation? You know, you've got two kids. How how are you making sure that they're opening up their savage gentlemen? Or, yeah, I or, mean... Or women. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, well, and, you know, that, and that's, that's the thing, you know. I mean, yes, it's called savage gentlemen, um, but, but only in so much as, like, that's what I know, but it's not, it's not, you know, necessarily relegated to just, you know, men and masculinity. I think that there's an aspect for, for women as well of just this idea of well-roundedness, you know what I mean? And being, being capable in a lot of other realms. I think that that's kind of a universal human you know, endeavor that we can all relate to in some degree. Um, and so I don't think that that's really difficult to apply to, to my daughter just as much as I can to my son. Um, and, and for me, the way that I try to do that is just by leading by example, you know, showing them that there's so, and I think that's really what, what, what drives me is like, there's so much to life. There's so many things in this world to explore and do and experience. Um, that it's a shame when we sell ourselves short, right? For whatever reason, whether it be fear or just lack of confidence or whatever it is where we don't go out and experience things. Um, and so that's, that's what I want them to, to have the ability is the belief in themselves that they can do stuff and the, the courage to actually go out and do that. And so that's, you know, the way we pass that on, you know, is, one by doing and then you know taking the opportunity when it when it arises to kind of explain the importance of whatever it is you know i mean i i i think i'm trying to think i've mentioned this to someone before we we were talking where it's like look man i i can't live my life just teaching a seminar to my kids you know what i mean cuz i have to live my life i have to do that i can't just be this you know, mentor where everything that comes out of my mouth is this perfect nugget of wisdom and I'm just constantly teaching them 24-7. But if I can live my life in a way that upholds these rules, then that, you know, in this ideology, then that will manifest in my actions and hopefully they're going to pick that up and then I supplement that with a few key teaching moments if I'm paying attention 
and I'm able to capture that. Um, because again, I mean, I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? There's, there, I'm sure there's plenty of missed opportunities of wi- pieces of wisdom that I could have imparted on my on my daughter. I mean, my little guy, he's still too young for 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 that to make a difference. But I'm sure I've I've messed up along the way and you know missed an opportunity or, or didn't quite explain things in a way that I should or you know maybe lost my temper when I should have kept my cool. All these things. Um, but I try to be as cognizant of that as I can because ultimately they're going to, however I end up raising them is going to, is going to reflect the way they raise their kids, so on and so forth for, for the perpetuity of humankind. So, I mean, I, I try to do that with my children and then, and then I kind of try to do that with, with everyone, you know what I mean? With everyone I encounter, I, I, you know, I try to live my life in a way that, is exemplifying, you know, what what I have learned that is good. I mean, I'm still learning and still figuring things out, but the beneficial things that I have that have come to work for me, I try to impart that just kind of vicariously or more through osmosis to anyone that, that I happen to meet. And I hope that if I'm being authentic and living my life that way, that that will somehow translate to them and then they can pick up on that and pass that along. And again, not, I'm not saying that I've got all the answers that I, or that I want to spawn an army of Josh Tyler clones. But I I think that there are some, some aspects to what we're trying to do with Savage Gentlemen that, that anyone could find beneficial, you know, if they were able to apply that to their lives in some way. And that's what I want to hopefully instill not only with my kids, but but pretty much anyone that I have the chance to meet or hear me ha- or hear me speak. No, that's great because there was a British advert. I'm trying to think what it's for, but it was uh, how that kids don't learn by what you say to them; they learn by mm-hmm. what you do. So they look to you for sort of guidance, and they sort of mirror what you do, and they need you to be sort of accepting of them and what they want to do, but also to live your life in a way that's genuinely true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't want you to kind of hold grudges because you think, "Oh, I've gave up such and such," you know. But the you know the fact that you're open to change, so they're going to see what you can do, and by you trying to improve yourself, you're going to show them different levels that are available, which maybe they would never have got that in another scenario if you hadn't gone down this road. And that's well, what I find amazing, you know? Yeah, and and that's the thing, you know, I've been I've been fortunate enough again to be in a place where, you know, they're they're seeing me constantly striving to improve. You know, I mean life choices and circumstances could be different where, you know, they, they see me working a job I hate, being miserable all the time. Um, and, and, and man, that's a, that's a real fear for me. Like, I don't ever want to be in that position. And I think that's what drives me to continue, you know, to try and reach that next level in everything that I do. Um, because I don't want to settle cause I don't want to, I don't want my kids to see me settling. You know what I mean? I want them when they think of me, it's like, no, dad was constantly, you know, working to improve and, and put, put his heart and soul into everything that, that he did because that's what I saw of my parents you know what I mean I watched my parents um, and that was something I picked up from them which looking at my grandparents that's something that I, I, I saw them 
do, which I'm sure they, you know what I mean? That's something that has been passed down. And so a lot of the stuff, it doesn't really matter. You know, we kind of get caught up in, you know, this, this manliness thing and, and what it means to be the ideal man, you know, and it's gotta be, you gotta look this way or act this way or do this or drink that or don't eat this and all these things. And it's like, man, it doesn't really matter. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, man, if you cook your steak past this amount of temperature, you're not a real man. And it's like, look, dude, if you're going to cook a steak well done, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. But that actually has no bearing on your masculinity. If we really want to get down to it, you know what I mean? Again, it's funny to it's funny to make a meme and, and joke about that. But it's like all that stuff is so superfluous to to what it means to be a good person, what it means to be a good man. And it's like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to eat your charred state you know hunk of meat basically that you turn into beef jerky and i'll never cook mine in that way but it's like you know what dude if that is the way you prefer it then you can cremate that thing and choke it down (laughs) all you want to i really i don't care and i don't care if you like this beer or that beer or this whiskey or that whiskey none of that really makes you more or less of a man you know it's about again finding the things that matter and striving to get better at that and I think I really ran off on a random tangent here that, that didn't ver- pertain to your original statement. So I'm sorry for that. I don't know where uh, stakes came into that. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff I love. It's the when somebody flows and you you know it, you can feel them getting their message out. Because to me, it's like I don't want to go to my deathbed thinking I could have, I should have. I've had enough regrets over time, and mm-hmm. as long as I'm happy and i'm creating and i'm giving back and i'm making others feel better but i'm also making myself feel better and pushing myself to see where i can go and i think that's probably what being a good guy is is like leaving the world and other people in a better situation than that you've come into or helping people or you know it's just yeah well and and we can't do that if we're stuck in the same place you know what i mean i think that you know, if that's the ultimate goal is we want to leave the world in a better place, the only way we can do that is to make ourselves continually strive to make ourselves better in some meaningful and impactful way. And the further we can do that, then the further reaching our our existence will will extend. You know what I mean? Or our impact will extend. I think, you know, if we really boil it all down I think, you know, that that's, that's the overall goal of what we're trying to accomplish with Savage Gentlemen. I think that's the same ideology that you're doing with Next Level Guy is, I mean, yeah, and we're, we're all, try, you know, we're on the same page where we're trying to make the world a better place, I think. You know, I mean, that seems maybe a bit grandiose in some way to even make that assertion, but we, you got to recognize that the better you, you become as a person, the more of an impact you you can have on the on the people around you, and I think that that's a very powerful thing, and it gives us that should give you a lot of motivation for trying to get better. Because now you know, I think that's where guys get stuck. It's like, well, they only get as good as they feel like they need to be for themselves, and then they kind of stop. They're like, oh well, you know, I'm I guess I'm good enough at these things, and they, and they stop trying. But if you look at it from like, hey man, you were put on this earth to to do something. And if you just 
you know, stop at the at the bare minimum or just, you know, become complacent with where you are, there's something inside you that is going to gnaw at you. And I think, you know, that's where, again, things the wheels start to come off for a lot of guys and we we see them spiraling and going into these, you know, really dark places. I, and I think a lot of it comes from this complacency where they, they just decide, okay, this is where I'm at and how I'm going to live the rest of my life. And then there's something inside that, that just doesn't, it's not congruent with. And there's this disconnect or this dissonance and it just is gnawing at them. And if you don't take action, if you don't listen to that voice and try and improve in some way and find new challenges and do new things, man, it, it, it's, it's, it's only going to get worse. And again, that's, <laughs> I have nothing to back that up other than personal experience and, and conversation you know, anecdotal stories that I've gotten from from other people, from other men who have lived their lives and come to the same conclusion. But, you know, I I really think that there's some truth to that. Because I would never wish, like, something similar like that to my worst enemies, you know, the ones, the nights you come home and you feel, like, deep down unhappy. You know, that mm-hmm. moment. Because, like, we all have falling outs and, you know, tell each other to piss off and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, those when those months I've regretted and I've sat there going to the same pub and sitting having the same conversation thinking, I don't want to be here. There must mm-hmm. be more. And you almost create a fake front, you know, and then you have people who kind of go, oh, no, you know, don't be silly. You can never survive in the big city. You can never survive getting a better job. And just thinking that there might be somebody listening to this just now who sits and goes you know what, I'm going to try the guitar. You know what, mm-hmm. I'm going to try a new job. It's an amazing feeling to think that. And then once they see that, you know, oh, okay, that worked for me. That made me that, okay, well, let's try this. Let's, you know, let, oh, I want to try a painting. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe somebody interested in buying this or, you know, sell it on displate.com and all these kind of places. And yeah, it's, it's amazing what it can do. And it, you just need to take that one step out and, that's why I love like the whole concept of what you guys are doing at Savage Gentleman. It's that moment of you can do it. You know, it's okay to like want to, you know, like do all the gentlemanly stuff with the business or the creative mm-hmm. side. But there's also that side of you that you need to tackle to make you happy. And then by being happy, you then help other people by becoming happy. And it's yep, it's a phenomenal thing you're doing. I mean, is there a dream guest that you want to have on the show? Oh man, there, man, there's so many cool guys out there. I mean, I would suspect that because this is the way it's always happened. The, the dream guest is probably someone that I've never heard of or thought of that is just going to come out of nowhere with this amazing story or or nugget of information. Um, I mean, there, there's a ton of people that I would love to sit down and chat with just because I think they're really cool or really inspiring or whatever. But I, I, I don't know, man. man. Life is always, it's so funny, you know, the way it surprises you. I bet the most impactful person would probably, would end up being someone that I would least expect it. You know what I mean? I've had and some amazing they, ones, you know, like they'd say something, you're like, oh my God. And it completely changes your whole yeah. outlook on something. And it's, mm-hmm. have you had somebody on who's said something that you've literally had a kind of wow moment, you know, where it's changed your entire, not ideology, but your, sure, kind of, a, your outlook kind on of a something. paradigm shift, so to speak. Man, you know, just about, 
we've been really fortunate. We're just about everyone we've had on the show has 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 had you know just even if it's a slightly different perspective on on the same thing. But 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 literally every one of them has had you know just this really cool piece that you know that I've tried to to take with me and embody um and one of the ones that that really comes to mind um because it was so unexpected I think that's what was really shocking you know what I mean so so this is to take away from the you know the value of what a lot of these other guys have brought but this one just popped up out of nowhere and it was a connection that I never would have would have thought to make um and it's a guy by the name of Wes Taylor and he trains wild mustangs to be war horses so you know here in the united states we have horses that just run wild out here in the west just like they did several hundred years ago just like they did when they were first brought over um from spain right so these are wild animals so he takes them and trains them into not only a horse that you can ride but a horse that it can actually think for itself and, and, and forms this like very co- cooperative um, connection with, with, the, with the rider, with, the, with its person. Um, and, and hearing him talk about his story, how kind of like what we were saying, where he made a complete change. Like he, he was in the... I think he was in like the HVAC business. I think he was a salesman for um, heating and, and air conditioning and, and ventilation and that sort of thing. And when, you know, in 2008, when, when the economy um, kind of hit the, hit the tubes there for us here in America, he found himself without a job and didn't know what to do. And then just all of a sudden, like, was, was inspired to pursue horses and training horses. And so now he spent the next years learning, learning about it, trial and error. And now he's taking, again, these wild horses and training them to do things that you couldn't get a regular horse to do in like 20 years of training. I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing. And so I actually got to go down and experience this. So after we had him on the show, I was like, dude, this is amazing. I have to see this firsthand. Like at some point I'd love to come down and and actually get to ride. And so I did, and it was unbelievable what what these horses can can reflect and teach you about themselves because they're not they're not broken. You normally when you train a horse, you break it, you you make it submissive by just essentially forcing it to give up. I don't know if you're familiar with with how that how that kind of works at all. Well, they sort of break them in by yep. breaking their will, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So now you have a horse that is obedient, but it is totally reliant and dependent on the human for input for what to do, which, which again, is going to be limited. And you can train those horses to do amazing things, but it takes a lot of time. What he does is, is with his training is, is pretty – it's kind of groundbreaking. There's not a lot of folks that, that use this. And, and, I, and what was amazing for me was how I think it, it is very – similar to the idea of the savage gentleman where he's creating horses that are that are capable because they believe in themselves they're not broken right they're they're not submissive they they he's teaching them the confidence to trust in the person and trust in themselves because a horse's natural state 
is to run. Something's out of place, I run. I don't know what it is, I run. I'm not sure, I run. You know, and that's how they survive. So it's this, you know, the fight or fight mentality, they freak out, you know, and that's in 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 the wild, that's what keeps them alive. Being able to teach that horse that like, hey, that leaf rustling over there isn't going to kill you. You don't have to be spooked by it. You know what I mean? Now produces a horse that if you're familiar with what war horses could do, I mean, these are horses that were taken into battle and guys would ride them and fight other people. And, you know, you may have seen images of horses laying down in the field in, in I, I think, World War II, and they're shooting a rifle from behind it. They're using the, the horse as a platform to fire from. And if you know anything about horses... They don't like to do that stuff. But again, these horses are so confident, you can get them to do just about anything. And it was so, I was like, man, if only we could teach other men to do that same thing, you know, to be confident in themselves, to know and believe that they can accomplish and do anything, to not have that feel of failure, that if I don't, if, if I don't succeed in saying I'm going to die and the game is over, you know, because that prevents us from trying. And so that... Man, that was one that, that really stuck with me. That that episode, it was. Um, I think I think we titled it "Taming Wild Mustangs," um, and it was again Wes Taylor. We actually did a follow up podcast with him. What when we were down there on his ranch, we we went uh, for anyone who wants to check that out and listen. We we talked about the experience in front of the campfire. You know, at the at the end of the trip, man, it was just really cool to see how these you know animals could be such a cool reflection of ourselves and, and such a powerful analogy for, of what we could potentially be capable of. And that was something that I wanted to mention what you were talking about a, a little while ago, you know, of, of, of guys not trying these things, you know, cause they're, they're, they've kind of just given up, you know, they've gotten to that place where it's like, you know, all hope is lost. I'm stuck in this job. Nothing's ever going to get better. You know, I'm not worth this, you know, no one's going to believe me, that sort of thing. And I, and, and man, I, I don't think that there's anything as tragic as, as a man who, or a person who has given up on himself, you know what I mean? Has just thrown in the towel and basically just resigned himself to his current station. I think that's the most tragic thing that, that could ever happen to, to us as humans is just to completely give up on ourselves and give up all hope. Um, and well, so, you could, I mean, you could, al- you could almost say that the, the that story is very much like what you're doing with Savage Gentleman, is that the guy listening is the horse, mm-hmm. and you know they've been broken and dominated by a society that tells them how to do things, you know, and they're scared of something, so they run away from it. Yeah, they, you know, they have that feeling. Whereas you're the you're the actual the guy that you're the trainer. You're showing them like you're showing them that they can be that that partnership. You're explaining like how to then take it, and then you're giving them the confidence to do things that they could never do by coming into the field of battle with you and going for something they want. So it, it's quite interesting that you picked that episode to really relate to because, in a way, I feel like it kind of I can't remember the name of it. It's like a, not a euphemism, but it's like a. It's symbolic of what you're sure. actually doing, and it's. it's re- I'm sitting thinking, "Wow, that's amazing!" Like, because the way that you were describing it, I was thinking that's exactly what you're doing 
for this generation of guys. Well, and, um, and, and here's the thing. It doesn't have to be me. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I, don't, I don't have to be that guy. There's plenty of other, you know, people in the world that, that are and, and can very capably do that thing where they're instilling, you know, that, that confidence. And so whether it's coming from me or, or Ian Dawson or Ryan Mickler with Order of Man or, or Jack Donovan or any of these guys that are doing this thing or even someone – someone that isn't necessarily renowned in that space, but is just like a, a mentor. You know what I mean? We as men can do this for each other and we don't have to have a podcast or a book or a TV show or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like we have that capability. Um, if we just take the time to, to do that for each other, you know, that's really the message that, that I want to instill with Savage Gentlemen is like, look, man, you don't, you don't have to get it from us. You don't have to get it from me because I will flat out tell you I do not have the answers for everyone. I don't even know that I have the answers for myself. But what I do know is I've been fortunate enough to surround myself with with other men who inspire and encourage um, and motivate me and teach me. That's the other thing too is like you know motivation and all that stuff is really cool. I've had guys that actually have sat down and talked to me and shown me things and given me knowledge and wisdom and skills, find that, you know what I mean? Because we can't do it on our own. No one is an island. No one no one can operate completely autonomously, you know, without without any input from anyone else. We are tribal. We we need we need that external input from other people. So that's where we want to seek that out and find that. And again, whether that's listening to the next level po- next level guy podcast or whatever that is, man, I, we need to have that, I don't know, that that drive, right? If we're in a bad spot, it's hard, but we've got to get over that hump and, and find something to get us on the right path again if we can. And sometimes that's, that is seeking professional help, you know what I mean? Like it might, it might require more than just a podcast. You might actually have to go to a doctor and, you know what I mean, or, or a psychiatrist or someone whatever but it's like man don't 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 resign yourself to just being stuck where you are there's always a way out um and there's always room for improvement and and ways to get better because this well this is the first time in a while i've actually been genuinely unhappy when i looked at clock because i was thinking it's only about 30 minutes in (laughs) yeah and we've not even touched like toxic masculinity hard and soft skills going out into nature and all this, you know so you're one of these guys i could just sit and listen to for hours and i'm very i'm very i'm very aware of like that your son's napping and stuff but i really need to have you back on i think we're just getting into that kind of area of you're like me you're seeking more out of life you know we're not one of these gurus we're kind of like ryan we're kind of going I don't know. Let's find out. Let's ask somebody who does know about it. Yeah. And then we'll improve ourselves there. And then we'll we'll take our evolved self into the next area. And then we'll learn something else. But you have to go through these steps. So I'll have a couple of questions. That, and sure. then we'll have to wrap it up because I know I'm taking up a lot of your time. But I really need to have you back on. This has been one of the funnest podcasts I've had in a long time. But Oh, well, I appreciate that, man. And I, and I really appreciate you reaching out and... and taking the time to have me and yeah I mean you know sometimes sometimes it's easy to get caught up in talking into kind of these grand 
you know, overarching themes. And and then, you know, people are often left with, well, yeah, man, but I, I really wanted to, to hear about, like, how do you, you know, what's the best way to approach, you know, a street fight? Or, you know, if, I, if I'm out in the wilderness and I need to survive, you know what I mean? Like people, a lot of times people want much more specific or discreet skills, um, in which I'm happy to talk about, but sometimes I'm really bad about actually getting to the, the, the thing and, and I kind of make these broad strokes and these more sweeping things. Um, and people are like, well, yeah, man, but I, I wanted to know how to throw, you know, how to throw a punch or how do you, what's your favorite submission? I'm like, oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely, man. We can, we can get in some more specific stuff. Because um, there's all these kind of things in there. It's like how to be more emotionally open with your partners. Sure. But then it's like you're saying is how what's the best way of getting into MMA? Like what's the best move set I could start with? And I know what you mean. It's like I I always want to deal with the first one to make it as a general kind of round the topics, and mm-hmm. then the the next ones are always a bit more kind of like into into deeper stuff. But it's so fascinating some of this stuff and how we link it and how we look at things and. It's great to speak to somebody else who run has their own podcast and is looking at the same kind of philosophy in life, uh, you know, as I am. So, who would you say is there anybody on media, like in the entertainment world, films, etc., that actually is a savage gentleman? I know it's difficult because you only see parts of the stories and stuff like that. But is there any kind of like? Because I used to write about. Batman, um, like Wolverine, you know, I used mm-hmm. to show why they were good in a certain scene or a certain film. Sure. Is there anybody that you would kind of look at that you think that's what we're looking to get people to? I know there's obviously going to be good and bad, but on each yeah. person. Yeah, you know, it is kind of hard because you, you're only seeing one side of people most of the time when you're talking about celebrities and, 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 and that sort of thing, people in, in film and t- television. Um, you know, the, the guy right now that I would say probably has it, and it would be like the, I don't know, the, 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 the goal or the perfect embodiment of a savage gentleman uh, would probably be Jason Momoa, if I'm being honest. Um, that's that's who, who comes to mind immediately. And, and I can say that with confidence um, because I, I know some folks who know him personally, so I have some insight to his character more so than I would with with pretty much anyone else. Um, so I've been I've been training with the folks that helped tr- get Jason ready for um, Aquaman and Justice League and, and and all of that. So they did a lot of his training, and he's got a really really good relationship with those guys. Um, oh, he's on my so, dream bucket list as well. What's that? He's on my bucket list of dream guests, you know. Yeah, that- I. So I, I think it's going to happen one of these days. I missed actually hanging out with him in person, actually twice on two separate accounts, by a window of about thirty minutes, maybe. Like I, I literally showed up to the gym, and he had just left um, on on two separate occasions, um, which was which is unfortunate, but. I, I think if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I mean, he's he's a guy that I, I would love to pick his brain. And and what's cool about him is, is you know, obviously he's this amazing actor, incredibly physically capable individual. I mean, but you, you, you look at him and you're like, that guy is savage, right? 
and yet you, you look you look at the things that he does and what he's into, and you know, you've got this very intelligent and like emotional individual. You know what I mean? Like like very well rounded. And again, we all have our flaws. Like nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? But I think I think from what I've seen of of most of the actors, I, I think that guy is probably probably about as close as you could get, in my humble opinion. Oh, well, I, I actually love the guy, like, because somebody that throws axes, but then is so emotionally sort of secure in himself uh-huh. that he can happily invite his um, wife's ex-husband and give him, like, a, you know, a ring that he had designed for the three of them because they're kind of, like, sharing that, like, I, I can't remember exactly how he put it, but it was, like... You know, she was a big uh, sorry. He was a big part of her life, mm-hmm. and he wanted her to be remembering him as well. And there was all these kind of like amazing things. And then he's really like full on and does all the like the um, the very masculine kind of stuff. But then he's very yeah. I mean, he, you know, that. rides motorcycles and he he drives around on this like amazing you know overland vehicle that he just traverses the globe in. You know what I mean? And and so you know, it's it's a very it's a very diverse but also balanced, you know, spectrum of things, which which is super cool, man. And, and I don't think we see enough of that. The idea of this this Renaissance man is kind of here's the thing: the idea of a savage gentleman isn't anything new. You know, I mean, this is. I, I think that the savage gentleman has been the, you know, the epitome of what men have sh- striven for since since we've started documenting that this is it's just a it's just a different span it's just a different coining the term differently but i think that we've all been trying to get there that's what we've all wanted to be there was a time where it was just out of necessity where you had to be both and the most successful men had that now we've gotten to a place in society where you don't you don't have to have any savage skills whatsoever to to make it by do you know what I mean? And so a lot of that is being lost, and we 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 get so hyper focused on becoming specialists that we we become completely inept in everything else. You know, and I think that's a I don't know I I think that's a mistake for for most for most cases. Well, we so again, be... I think he's a guy that that recognizes, hey man, I should be good at a ton of things, um, and I'm going to pursue the things that that I enjoy. And that 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 bring me happiness across the board, whatever that is. I'm not going to say, oh, I have to, you know, I'm a I'm a tough guy, so I can only do tough guy things, right? Or I'm an artist, I can only do artist things. He's someone that is actively and consistently doing both all the time. And he, he's definitely somebody that I would love to sit for a pint with, you know, and just rack his brains. Oh out. yeah, I don't know if you could just sit for a pint with that guy. Like, I, I think you might be in for quite a quite a few um and that and that's what you know that's what's cool about him is you see you you see him in in some of these roles and that character there there's a lot of who he is being you know coming through in that which i think is really cool is like you know you look at like declan harp in frontier and it's like i i could totally see that that is the way that he goes out drinking you know what i mean for a night on the town it's just just in that same just hard charging kind of way which i i'm like you man i would love to i'll pay for it the next day but it would be totally worth it 
Well, you've got to sacrifice your, uh, you know, your liver sometimes to, yeah, you know, to become a savage gentleman. Yeah? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so what would you want people to take from this? You know, I actually feel really sad at having to wrap it up. You know, I could go for another couple of hours easily. Sure. And you're definitely the kind of guy I would love to, to go for a pint with. Maybe I would have to get my MMA skills at before we get in the cage. But, <laughs> you know, but, um, what would you know? What do you want people to take from this? You know, apart from visiting your podcast, apart from bringing on the kind of concepts of Savage Gentleman and that, and checking out your site because really it it blew me away the message the you know and the impact it's having. But what do you want them to take as a sort of go home message? As a if they have to remember one thing, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's rem- remembering the name and what it stands for, you know, because I think I think that can summarize it. I mean, if you you remember Savage and Gentleman, and okay, how can I apply that to myself? I think that will ultimately get us where we want and where we need to be. Um, using that to look at, like, okay, between Savage and Gentleman, if I apply that to my life, which area? Am I deficient in, and where can I add to that? You know, and then once once I add that and I get to that level, now I go to the next level and I look. Okay, now where can I add? And I just keep leveling up, um, and eventually, man, we'll all be in a much better place. So I think, you know, without getting too <laughs> again too specific, I think that would be. That would be what I'd want people to take away is just, is you know find ways to try and balance that savage and gentleman and then continue to build in both facets equally um, as much as we can. So until I have you back on, which I'm really hoping soon, what would you, how can people keep in touch? You know, because we've mentioned what savage gentleman is, but how can people yeah. find it and you know see what you're doing? Because sure. you've got some amazing products there that help guys sort of improve. Um, well, that's another another area I wanted to look at. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I mean, I can touch on that a little bit. So we so we do have a store online. It's savagegentleman.com. That's our website, um, and and we make products that we sell with the intention of serving as that reminder you know we're, we're we're making things that when i look at this leather notebook wallet you know it, it reminds me it, it's it's kind of a symbol of what it means to be a savage gentleman you know because it has i mean it has the name on it, it has the logo you know the the brass knuckles and the straight razor um but it but it has this very vintage feel to it right it's 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 handcrafted leather and so it's balance, you know, with leather, leather is a very primitive resource and medium, but at the same time, you know, it's also very classy and very refined. And that's why we actually started with leather because it was like, okay, what, what material can we, or item can we make something out of that, that really embodies both aspects and, and, and leather is what we came to. And so everything that we make, I mean, yes, it's, you know, it's just a wallet, but I want it to be more than that. I want it to serve, you know, as a as a symbol for what that actually means and what being a savage gentleman means to you. Not just, hey, here's something where I keep all my my credit cards and stuff in, you know, where I have a notebook that I jot ideas down. Um, so yeah, they can go to savagegentleman.com. All of our products, you know, I everything we design, like I, I really want it to embody that 
that idea. And I wanted the products to be things that I use myself, you know, um, that was the other criterion for doing that. So you can find things there. The blog is located there. You can reach the podcast there. Um, the Savage Gentleman podcast, you can get that pretty much anywhere podcasts live. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, we're at Savage Gentleman Official. Um, we put a lot of stuff there as well. And if you're looking for me and, and more of my, because obviously there's the Savage Gentleman business, and then there's me, Josh Tyler. Um, so, and I try to separate those a little bit. Although there's a bit of a crossover, because um, I don't want to make again, I don't want to make Savage Gentleman solely about me and who I am. I've got a business partner who is actually more on the gentleman side, um, and 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 I want I want Savage Gentleman to be something broader than just one or two people, right? So I try to try to draw that distinction. But if you want to check me out and some of the things that I'm personally up to, it's at Josh Tyler MMA is my Instagram, um, and you can see me running around doing stuff in the woods or hanging out with my kids or trying to beat people up or whatever nonsense I happen to be into at the moment. That's very delicately put. That was because of like how uniquely brilliant it was. I really wanted to cover the concept of it. But I mean, I was also going to get into your relationship with Matt. How you know you you've evolved as a person since you've kind of worked together. Yeah. Your overall go- how you've both become better people. You know, there was so much else, and I think you just stick to kind of the basics. <laughs> see, see if he wants to come back on because it's like there's so much you could talk for days on this sort of stuff, can't you? You know, it's it's amazing how it blows you away. Well. You know, I've used up over like almost forty odd minutes extra than I said it was, so I can only apologise. But is there anything coming up? Anything that you want to promote? Anything that you want people to check out? The floor is open to you. Oh man, yeah. I mean, I would say we're constantly releasing new items um, in our store. We we've got these uh, declarations of independence that we that we just released for Fourth of July. They're gold inlaid for you, um, more patriotic folks on the on this side of the atlantic i guess i don't know i don't know where where your listeners are that might not really appeal to those folks as much but so if you're not into americana we also we've also got a ton of other stuff um you know we we actually have a a coffee line that we just reached out uh that we just launched not too long ago um we've got three blends we've got our lightest roast which is gentleman our medium roast which is savage and then we've got our darkest roast which is toxic masculinity. Um, so if you're in the market for a, a new coffee, um, these are small batch roasted and, and if really darn tasty if I do say so myself. But um, you know, I encourage you to check those out if you're in the market for that and just peruse through and see what, what tickles your fancy. We're always coming up with new things and you know, most of the stuff is we, we'll do a run of it and when it's gone, you know, we'll, we'll put something else in. So just keep checking back for new new things because um, that's what's fun for me. Like I, I get bored doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's why if you look at my Instagram, it's just all kinds of random stuff, which technically is not the way you're supposed to Instagram. Generally, you, you, you pick your niche and then you just stay there. You know what I mean? And that's all you post about. But I, I don't care that much, you know. Maybe I'd have more followers if I did it the right way, but it's like, dude, I can't just post fight stuff all day, every day. You know, it's, it's, it's boring to me. So same thing with our products. It's boring for me just to keep making 
for us to make just the same thing over and over and over again. I want to experiment. I want to come up with new designs, new new innovations. We've got a punching bag that that is pretty badass. It's uh it's a vintage inspired heavy bag made out of leather, um, which looks really cool. Again, if you're in the market for that sort of thing, we've got if you're more into the woodworking or more more craftsmen and that sort of thing, we've got these really cool leather aprons. I mean, I could sit here and talk about our products all day, but I'm sure people are probably sick of hearing my voice at this point. So just go check out the store. If you like some stuff, buy it. If you don't, I mean, that's okay too. You know, I'm not going to literally spend hundreds in there. It's it's (laughs) amazing. Even like the constitution ones, even though I'm British and how that came about, um, they do look absolutely badass. You know, it's like the, 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 um, the laptop bags were just looking yeah. at me. Yeah. Every time I turned around, I was like, oh, I could buy one of them. Oh, I could get one of the wallets as well. And I was like, oh, God, here we go again. I just want to spend <laughs> thousands. But I cannot thank you enough for coming no. on. Le- and- I, I just let – me, let me add this, and this is this will be the little nugget for all the people who stuck with us to the bitter end. And, and you know, maybe this will help you out of that endeavor as well in, in uh, maybe not spending quite as much. Um, what if we did a, what if we did a promo code for next level guy for your listeners? Um, let's say we do, I don't know, like a 10% off their purchase order. Yeah. That sounds amazing. All right. Um, So, so let's do this. I'll set it up after we get off. I'll set it up. I mean, this isn't going to come out straight away. So by the time that people hear this, the promo code will be set up and functioning and they can use it. Let's just do next level. Um, they can enter in next level at checkout, uh, 10% off their, off their order in savagegentleman.com store. That is amazing. Thank you so much for that. I'm sure oh, people pleasure. will be <laughs> buying a lot on that. I hope well, so. Let's, you know, we'll see. Well, I really do appreciate this. Like you, this is why I love this show because I get to connect with guys like yourself and it makes me, even if it's just myself getting a chance to speak to people, hopefully it's more than that, but it blows me away, you know, how like warm and friendly everybody is and how much I've changed as a person and hopefully helped other people so we gotta get you back on we've gotta do this yeah, again do really get into that's it for another week thanks for listening absorb it practice it use it until next time keep trying to hit that next level in your life <laughs>